each saint. We have found the one who will love you with an everlasting love. And I tell you now, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the Correctly, they uh, sang that last Wednesday, um, but I asked them to sing it again this evening. Uh, I really like that song, Jesus is the One. And uh, where would we be today without Jesus? And uh, that song kind of gets me fired up a little bit. I just changed my message. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, John 15. John chapter 15. Uh, extremely familiar portion of Scripture here. Um, but that's okay. How many times uh, have you read through a portion of Scripture that you've read a million times over again and uh, you're just amazed at the fact that, whoa, I never saw that before. <laughs> that happens all the time. Uh, to me, anyway, it does. And uh, I always get excited. Um, it never ceases to amaze me when that happens. Um, just sitting through, maybe reading over a psalm or something, a psalm that I've read a million times. And, wow, where did that come from? Something special, something amazing. And God is so good. Uh, let's read this portion of Scripture here. We're going to read uh, John chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 1 down through verse 8. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Aaron is my father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So, so shall ye be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you for this evening. We thank you for how good you are to us, Lord, as we've uh, had testimony this evening. Uh, Father, as we've uh, talked or gone over the prayer bulletin, even at times when it seems sad as we read over names on that bulletin, Father, we can be thankful for the health that you've given us. We can be thankful for a church that we have uh, that we're able to serve in on a regular basis. Father, we're able to be here. We're able to meet tonight. God, I just ask that uh, you be with me. You give me the words to say. You be with each and every one of us here, Father, that we can get something from the preaching of your word, that we can get something directly from your word. We need you, Lord. We can't do it without you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach a message tonight entitled, The Burned Out Christian. The Burned Out Christian. I think in each and every one of our lives, uh, we can c get to a point. We can get to a point where 
we're just a little worn down. Uh, we're a little weak spiritually. We're weak physically. And we get to a point where we're ready to kind of throw in the towel. We're ready to wait, raise the white flag. And I've had enough. I just can't go anymore. I can't go any farther. I'm too worn down. I'm burned out. Maybe we won't admit that. Maybe we're not willing to admit it. Maybe we are. There's been times in my life where I've been able to admit that. I said, I I knew where I was at. Maybe I didn't want to broadcast it to the entire world. I didn't want anyone else to know. But inside, I knew, ah, there's something missing. Something isn't as it should be. And uh, we, we kind of want to, I want to identify some things this evening, uh, obviously through the Word of God. I'm not going to sit here and point fingers at any person in this building. I'm not going to tell you that you're not doing it right. I'm not going to yell at you and say you could do better. No, I want you to examine your own life based upon what we find right here in the Word of God based upon what God says, because it doesn't matter what I say. Who am I to judge you? And who are you to judge me? All right? We're going to let God do that tonight. The burned out Christian. Thinking of, and as I thought about this message, the burned out Christian, immediately what came to mind was Della Vidova. You know Della Vidova? Della Vidova, he plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And sadly enough, sadly enough, maybe you keep up with him, maybe you don't, the Cavs are officially done. They didn't make it so close, just two games away, two games away from an NBA Finals. And I, I remember in a couple of those first games, originally we started with Kyrie Irving, great point guard, and he got hurt. Della Vidova had to take his place. And he was... Um, given the task of guarding one of the best point guards in the league in Steph Curry. Steph Curry can shoot from all over the place. Phenomenal shooter. But Delvadova did a phenomenal job. He was all over Steph Curry. If you watched any of the games, he didn't give him any breathing room at all. Steph Curry was so frustrated. I was laughing my head off. I loved it. It was great. So mad. This hasn't happened all year. What is going on? No one plays me this way. But sadly enough, sadly enough, he couldn't keep it up. He was running. You would have to watch the game to really get an idea of what I'm talking about here. He was running, gunning the entire game, offensively, defensively. Della Vidova was all over the court, running through screens, getting knocked over, jumping, diving for the ball, just all over the place. And then I remember specifically doing such a great job, and then finally... In the fourth quarter of one of these games, he wasn't guarding Steph Curry anymore. I said, what is going on? He's not limping around. Something is wrong with this guy. Why is it, we, we need to shut down Steph Curry, and he's doing a phenomenal job. Why did, what, what's, what's going on? The coach just said, what, what's he thinking? Well, obviously, we found out after the game that Steph Curry was struggling. I mean, I'm sorry, that Della Vadova was struggling. He was cramping up. He was dehydrated. He was totally exhausted. And because of the fact, even though he did phenomenal in those first couple of games, he was exhausted. And when he got to that point, he was of no value. He was of no use to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, man. Great defense. Oh, all over the court. But he ran out of steam. How many times has that happened in our own personal lives? 
running and gunning. Whoa, great defense. Look at those guys. They're, 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 they're teaching at Sunday school. They're, they're singing in the choir. Great. And Oh, no, something happens. They, they begin to get a little dehydrated. You see, Della Vadova was lacking a few things. Why was he dehydrated? He was running and gunning. He needed, he needed to drink some Gatorade. And actually, after that game, he spent the entire evening, that entire night in the hospital. They, they, they wanted to make sure he was good to go for the next game. But if you watched the series, he came out in that next game, and you could tell, you knew, he just wasn't quite right. Because he got to that point, once he hit that point where he was dehydrated, it wasn't going to take just two days. Uh, he had a day off and back on again. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't long enough. How can we expect to go without, without this right here? Without this right here, and then to keep up this pace... Go, 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 go. I'm going soul winning. I'm teaching my class. I'm singing in the choir. I'm involved. I'm going crazy for Jesus. But we've left this behind. And something terrible happens. Not just as an individual. Della Vadova was totally upset that he could not assist his team. But you know what? The Cavaliers as a whole suffered because he was unable to do what he could at one point. You know what happens? We as individuals, we get burned out. We allow ourselves to spiritually get burned out. And yes, it affects me if I, if I get burned out. But you know what? It affects everyone around me. We here at Community Baptist Temple, we are a church family. We are a team striving together. We want to honor and glorify God with everything that we say and do. As we're out in the community, as we're knocking on doors, as we're passing out gospel tracts. But if someone in here is unable to pull their weight because they're dehydrated, they're burned out, the entire church suffers. No one person is going to build Community Baptist Temple no one person is going to do exactly what God has commanded all of us to do. We must, as individuals, do our part. But we are striving together this evening. We want to see souls saved. We want to see lives changed. We must not allow ourselves to get to that point. Let's look at the first couple of verses here. It says, in verse number 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. We're going to take a look at number one, the barren Christian. There is such a thing. There is such a thing as a Christian that is not bearing fruit. Jesus, he wants us to bear fruit. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. Uh, specifics there. But we, we, we note here in verse number two that they do exist. And secondly, in that, on that point, we see that Christ has no room for this person. Uh, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. The barren Christian, number two, ask yourself this, which, which Christian are you? The barren Christian, or number two, the fruit-bearing Christian? We'll read the rest of the verse. It says, And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. More fruit, excuse me. Christ is not satisfied, and neither should we. So you, you say, I am bearing fruit today. And, and you're not saying that in a prideful way, but you are bearing fruit today. And you're a witness, as you're an example in this lost and dying world. You're bearing fruit. But guess what? 
Jesus Christ, He's not satisfied with what you're doing right now. I didn't say that He's not pleased with what you're doing. He's not satisfied, and neither should we. We should never get to a point in our lives where we say, all right, I'm doing it. I got it. Here we go. I'm good to go. I do my soul winning on Saturdays, or I go out on Tuesday evenings, and and I pass my gospel track out. I got it. What more can we do? How can we take that next step to do just a little bit more for Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ gave His all on the cross of Calvary and we want to hold something back? Well, I went out soul winning. I read my Bible. Jesus Christ is not satisfied with where you're at today. You know what? Taking it, and I, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to do this again, but taking it back to sports one more time. You know, LeBron James, if you listened recently, he says he's the best basketball player in the world. He is, but he said it, you know. He's such a prideful person. He, he didn't get that way by saying, wow, look at everyone wants me. I was drafted number one. I'm the best player. I'm coming out of, uh, straight out of high school. I'm 18 years old. I'm good to go. I made it to the NBA. No, he wasn't satisfied with where he was. Even though he was making millions of dollars at 18 years old, even though he was the number one pick in the draft, he wasn't satisfied with where he was. He wanted to be better. So he worked and worked, and he is the best player in the NBA today. You want to be a better Christian than you are today. You want to be a better Christian. So tomorrow you're striving to be a better Christian than you are right now. What can you add What can you add to your daily routine so that you can become a better Christian tomorrow than you are today? Not by what you say is a good Christian, but but by God and what He has outlined in His Word. Are you satisfied with where you're at today? Are you striving, working for something bigger and better? Jesus Christ, as we've watched Him throughout history, has used men and women to do amazing things for His cause for what he feels is important. But are we willing? Are we able? Are we going to let him use us? The barren Christian, the fruit-bearing Christian. Just as I said a moment ago, it's not that he's not pleased with where you're at. If you're out there soul winning, you're spreading the gospel, and we're going to look at some attributes of a, of a fruit-bearing Christian in a moment. But I use this example I think I see Mr. and Mrs. Niger back there, and they're so faithful to church, and I. I have grown up with them here in church, okay? I remember as a little boy going out soul winning with Mr. Niger. I mean, I was a little boy. When we were back at the senior center. Uh, going, they've been going to church for some time. And, and let's just say that Mr. and Mrs. Niger invite me and my wife over for dinner. And Mrs. Niger lays out a, just a fabulous table. just looks amazing, wonderful. The food smells great. I walk on the door, and I am starving. I'm ready to go. And I get my plate of food, and I begin to eat. And, oh, man, it's really good. And I, I, I eat it quick. I eat it fast. And I grab this plate. It's empty now. And I begin to walk back to the kitchen, and I want more. <laughs> I want more food. That was good. Mrs. Niger's not going to be upset and say, oh, he's going back to get more food. He must not have liked what he had the first time. He's going to try it all over again to see if it can get better. No, that's not why I'm going back, not to try to make it better. Maybe it'll just be better next time. No, it was so good that I wanted more. And Jesus, he's looking at us. He's not saying, 
Oh, that's no good. You're out there soul winning. You go on Saturdays, and that's no good. I wa- no, he's saying, that's awesome. That's great. Now, what, are you, what else are you going to do? What more can you do for the cause of Christ? Oh, man. What more can you do today? What more can you do tomorrow to step up? Take a step up spiritually. Some attributes of a fruit-bearing Christian we see, number one, and you can find this over in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, verse 23. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I think of long-suffering and, and how many of us and how, how many of you even recently have had to go through a difficult or a painful situation, yet you went through it strong because you had your eyes on Christ. Too often we're so ready just to throw in the towel, to give up, to quit. Jesus is right there. He's leading, guiding, directing. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Long-suffering. Attributes of a fruit-bearing Christian. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's a scary one. We run through those verses. Perhaps you have a couple, those two verses memorized. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, love, 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 and you fly right through it, and just as I do. We get to that temperance. Against such there's no law. We skip right by temperance. That time or that moment when we're, we're all by ourselves and, and we're tempted again to do something that we shouldn't do. And Are we able to, are you able, am I able to say no to the flesh? As, it's, as it rears its ugly head up over and over and over again. As Satan tosses something else in the way to trip us up, to get us to fall. Do we fall over and over? Constantly I'm going to pick ourselves back up. That's a good thing. Pick yourself back up. But we need to get to a point spiritually where we're able to say no. No. I'm not going to go through this again. You're not going to get me again, Satan. No. We've got to get to that point spiritually. Stepping, taking steps forward in our Christian walk. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I want to close out. I've got just a few more minutes, and I've got just two more points. And this is going to be just about as simple as they come. All right, I'm not going to give you some crazy outline and, well, look at that cool out. No, that's not what I'm going to do here, okay? Um, Just a few points, and it's going to come directly from the Bible. Number one, branches that do nothing get burned. Branches that do nothing get burned. I remember as a kid, and I still do this, we'd like to go run around outside and what do boys like to do? Obviously, they like to play with fire, even though they're not allowed. <laughs> and even though mom says over and over and over again not to play with fire, it's just so tempting. It's so much fun. And uh, I remember July 4th, and Jake and Greg were over, and we were having a sleepover. It was going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And, and we've got sparklers, and Jake was over. We had sparklers, and Jake was over. And he has the bright idea, let's throw them in the air. <laughs> he starts throwing them in the air, and they land on... That was Greg. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Jake, I remember Jake doing this. So we're going to go with it. Jake throws it, and it lands right on the trampoline. Oh, I love that trampoline. It didn't break it, though. I was able to use it afterwards, so it's okay. So that's, it was still funny. But we went crazy that, that, 
that thing hit the trampoline and we went run off, run it, smacked it off there as quickly as we could. We're playing with fire. But you know what? We're running through as we're going to roast some marshmallows. We're going to roast some hot dogs and that's the best way to eat them off the fire. Oh man, that's so good. And so we're scrounged about the yard looking for all the all the most brand new branches ever, the greenest of the... No, 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 no. Those branches that are on the ground that are dead, dried up, shriveled up. You get them and you throw them on that fire. And pfft, they're, they're just like that. That simple. That, that easy. They're burning like crazy. Why? Because they're dead. There's nothing to them anymore. Those are the ones that you burn. Go ahead, cut down a brand new tree and try to burn it. Good luck with it. You're going to get a lot of smoke. You'll get some smoke. But you want that dead branch. Branches that do nothing get burned. We're going to take a look at verses 0 in and verse 5 and verse 6. Specifically, coming straight from the Bible. I'm not just making this up here. I am the vine. You are the branches. The branches. Circle that in your minds right there. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Branches, do nothing. Verse number 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. They are burned. We, uh, one time, my friend and I, we grabbed a, this, it wasn't dead yet. It just fallen off a branch uh, down on the ground. It's just sitting there. It's alive. Or, yeah, that's all it was. We took it back to the backyard, the very edge, and it's still there today. We slammed that thing in the ground, put some dirt around it, tap, packed it in as good as we could, and didn't think a thing of it. And then a few years later, we realized, wow, that thing caught. And today, that tree is huge. It's a big old tree back there. Now, I couldn't have grabbed one of those dead twigs laying on the ground and planted in the ground and saw something grow out of it. No. Or I couldn't have taken that same exact branch that is now a, a big old tree. If I would have taken that and we would have said, we tossed it onto the, the pavement of the driveway and expected that to grow, it's not going to work either. No, that's not how it's going to work. Okay? That thing... It's phenomenal. And my mom, I, I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of that tree. It's just so big. It's so awesome. And I, I planted that. All right? But it was alive. And you know, the, the tree in the backyard, that apple tree, if it's alive, you know what it's supposed to do? It, it, it's supposed to give me some apples. If, it's, if, it's, if, I, if I'm standing next to an orange tree and it's alive and well, I'm expecting it to give me some oranges. We're the branches today. And, and Jesus is expecting us. It is normal. It is right for us to bear fruit. He's standing there just waiting for it. You're alive and you're, you're my child, right? Where's the fruit? Number one, branches that do nothing get burned. How can you bear fruit? And I've touched on it a couple of times. What are you doing to reproduce yourself today? 
What are you doing to get out into this world? Isn't it? It's a perfect example. And it's a bit sad, very, very sad, when we think of that testimony there by Brother Ankrum and that, that person wanting a picture because they had never seen anyone out in public with a Bible preaching like that before. He's speaking that to all of our shame. That is a bad thing. The world is getting worse and worse every single day. We must be bearing more fruit every single day. Who is here right now because you went out and brought them here? The branch that isn't doing anything burns. You're worried? You're saying, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I just, I don't want to get up in the mornings. I don't want to go to church anymore. I just, I'm too worn out. The branch that does nothing gets burned. You feel burned out today? You feel worn out? (laughs) You don't need a vacation. You need a soul winning round. You don't need a good book to read. You need the Bible. You don't need to get on Facebook and just tell everyone about it. Let everyone know what's going on. You need to get on your face before God. We need God today. This world in which we live needs God, and we've got Him right here. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? I didn't say that Facebook's wrong. I didn't say that going on vacation's wrong. No. But more than any of that, 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 that downtime, that extra rest, sleeping in, that tomorrow morning isn't going to get the job done. Jesus has to do something in our lives. And we must allow Him. And if we're holding ourselves back, I'm not going soul winning. I'm not going to pass out that. We're holding, we're holding back. And, and God, isn't, He's just not able to help us. He's not able to strengthen us. But that's on me. That's my fault. Not God's. Number two, why isn't the branch doing anything? Let's zero in on that for just a second. Verse number five, five I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, without me, ye can do nothing. I want to zero in on those two words, without me. We go throughout this life, and by we I mean me. I go throughout this life on my own too often, without Christ. It says, without me, there in the middle of the portion of verse 5, without Christ. We're trying to do it on our own, without Christ. We see over and over and over again in this portion of Scripture, He's commanding us and He's encouraging us to do something. Number Verse 4, verse 4 it says, Abide in Me. Abide in Me. At the end of verse 4, Abide in Me. Verse 5, same thing. Abide in Me. Verse 7, Abide in Me. For without Me, you can do nothing. Abide in Me. Jesus saying, Here I am. Abide in Me. Quit trying to do it on your own. Quit trying to do it by yourself. Abide in Me. We need Jesus today. You know what happens when you abide in Christ? And we're going to take a look at verse 7 
I like this. I was a little confused at first as I'm, I'm reading through this and I'm trying to, I'm marking this page up, I'm reading these verses. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Oh, wow. If I abide in Jesus, then I can go to him and ask for anything I want and he's going to give it to me. Isn't that what the verse says? I, I, I'm abiding in Christ and, and I love Jesus. I read the Bible and I go out so many. Now I can ask Jesus anything I want and He's going to give it to me. It's right there in His Word. No, no. The, the, the best part is, is that when we're abiding in Christ, we're there, we're with Jesus Christ, then, then that means you know what He wants, we're going to want. <laughs> what He desires, we are going to desire. His thoughts are our thoughts. The things he likes, we like. The things he doesn't like, we don't like. Oh, having the mind of Christ. Getting to that level spiritually. Having the mind of Christ. Let's take a look at turning your Bibles to Philippians 2, verse 5. Philippians 2, verse 5. And we're going to read a couple of verses here and we'll be done. It says in Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. As we go through this portion of Scripture, as we go down and you keep reading, talking about Jesus Christ, and you know what? Jesus did something. We all know about it. It's very important to all of us. Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. We can't forget where Jesus was and, and what He left to come to this earth to die for me, to save me from my sins. Amen. Uh, Jesus gave some things up to ensure my salvation, to make sure that I can get to heaven. Jesus had to give some things up. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Hard verses to read at times. But it's very good for us to hear. You're familiar with them, I'm sure. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting verse 19 down through 20. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We are not our own today. We, we need our downtime. We need our hobby time. I do this at this time, and I do that at that time. Jesus must be at the center of everything that we say and do. We must abide in Christ. That, that Christian or branch, the branch that does nothing, he's going to get burned up. Um, I like this statement here. Let me see, where did I put it? Mm, there it is. You're not... You're not bearing fruit today because you're burned out. Okay? You're, it's not, you're not bearing fruit today because you're burned out. You're burned out today because you're not bearing fruit. We get it mixed up. I'm just spending too much time at church. I'm working too hard. Uh, um, Brother Kavanaugh's going to camp and he's leaving us behind to, to dig a thousand foot trench downstairs at the bottom of the carousel. It's a piece of cake. You'll have it done in two hours. You'll have it done in an hour. Well, two days later, we'll see about that. And I'm just working too hard. And now I'm going to go to Tuesday night soul winning. Are you kidding me? 
No, 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 no. We get it all mixed up. <laughs> that person that's not bearing fruit, that's the person that you're going to find over there on the sidelines that just doesn't have the strength, doesn't have the stamina, can't go on anymore. But then you see, and, and forgive me for lack of better terms, but you see some of the elderly people out soul winning every single week. Maybe getting up there in age just a bit, but they're faithful and they're walking those streets anyway. I applaud them. I'm thankful for those that set the example. That's what it should be. I had someone tell me the other day, and they're like, you're young, you shouldn't be tired. I'm running around on Sundays trying to get stuff done, buses, choir, this and that. You're young, you don't get tired. I feel tired. <laughs> but they're, they're here too. They're here. I didn't want to hear that at the time. I'm busy running around. But you know what? That's where it's at. I'd rather be nowhere else than here on Sunday. Those ones that are unwilling to just jump in, those are the ones on the sideline, burned out. We must be willing to give ourselves, give ourselves wholly, fully to Jesus Christ. Last, verse number 8. Back in our uh, main portion of Scripture there, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, 1 through 8. That last verse here. It says, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. According to verse 8, what must we do to glorify God? What must we do here at Community Baptist Temple to glorify God? Not a man, not a preacher, not a dad, not a mom. What must we do today as Christians to glorify God? Bear much fruit. That's what God wants us to do today. And if you're not doing that, don't allow that to, to get you discouraged to quit, to give up altogether. No, it's time to turn things around today. Bear much fruit. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you for how good you are to us.